This is episode two of the Therapy Ideas podcast, a series of conversations with speech and language therapists from around the world. I'm Rhiannon Walton, and I'm talking to Sharika Bentham about working as a therapist in Barbados, using Twitter, her apps, and new magazine. I'd like to welcome Sharika Bentham, a speech and language therapist in Barbados, to the Therapy Ideas Live podcast. Um, welcome, Sharika. It's brilliant to speak with you. Thank you. It's great to be interviewed. <laughs> um, great. So, yeah, the wonders of Skype that we can chat between London and Barbados. Um, yes, definitely. So, <laughs> so um, to start with, I'd, I'd like to find out a bit about your your training because. If I understand it, you you trained as a speech and language therapist in New Zealand. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So tell us the story um, of how that happened. Well, I actually went on scholarship. I was a New Zealand Commonwealth scholar because the scholarships come out every every year for the different Commonwealth countries. Okay. So um, I applied, went through the whole process, interview process, and those long months waiting, <laughs> and then I. I was the one that got the scholarship, so Brilliant. it was that was great, and to travel all the way to literally the other side of the world yeah. to go to New Zealand. Absolutely, and did you get back to Barbados much during the course? Or uh, I went, I think it was once during my training because I did my internship back home. I got to swing it that I could do the internship back home, so I did three months back home working in a government centre here. Okay. Great. And did you find much of a, a culture change between Barbados and New Zealand? Or? Yeah, it was a huge culture shock, but it was really good. I like to learn about different cultures, so it was an excellent learning experience for me. Yeah. Um, I got to speak a lot of the language, the Maori language, learn from the different cultures of the Pacific Islanders as well, because there are a lot of people from different Pacific Islands that are nearby. Yeah. So I got to learn lots of those languages, got to do an assessment in Tongan. Wow. <laughs> yes, which is crazy, but it was it was all part of the learning experience and all part of the cultural, you know, immersion. Yeah, brilliant. Wow. And yes. were there many other international students on your course? Or? I was the only international <laughs> student on my course, which was... It was really difficult in a sense, especially when you're a speech therapist with an accent doing phonetics and I had to learn Kiwi vowels, which are very, very interesting, I would say. So I I had to kind of gain a Kiwi accent. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Or accent, as they would say. (laughs) Yep. Wow. It's just to do well in my phonetics course. So it was it was a totally different experience. And there are different ways of how you pronounce things in your culture due to this, like this super segmental. So your stress is different. So you we would put stress on a final syllable where they would put stress on the beginning syllable. Yeah. So I had to watch things like that when I was doing therapy sessions with the children. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, it's really interesting. And do you stay in contact with many of your your peers and your tutors from over there? I do. Oh, great. 
right. I do. Because, I mean, technology is so good. We have different stuff on our phone, like WhatsApp on, yep. on different phones. We have Skype. So we manage to stay in contact. Great stuff. Brilliant. Wow, what an adventure. Yes, definitely. Um, okay, so you came back from New Zealand to Barbados. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. did you set up your own private practice straight away or did you start off working for somebody else? No, I started off working for two speech therapists here. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with them for a year, just pretty much to see how how it was run here in Barbados. Because even though I did a bit of an internship, I did it with government. So I had no idea what it was like to run a private practice at yeah. all. Yeah. So that was a, a good experience to get me into things and to get pretty much get my name out there. Yeah. And to build up a caseload, too. Yeah. So it was like the the perfect transition. Great stuff. And then you set up independently. How did that go? It was a lot smoother than I thought it would. Because to start any business, you're really, really hesitant initially. Because you're wondering, you know, will, will it do well? Will I get clients? Will people hear about me and come? But the transition... Oh, I think I've lost you. Oh, Sharika. Oh, you're back. Because, I mean, I started up the business last year, January. Okay. And it has grown a lot over the past years. Yeah, so doctors know about me now. I was from schools and it's it's been a whirlwind, but it's been great. Great stuff. And what... Can you tell us about the the challenges of setting up by yourself? Um, Finding a location. I'm still working from home. I'm a home-based practice. And I find that in Barbados, most of the private therapies, I think, yeah, most of the private therapists are based from home. I guess it helps to cut down overheads and stuff. Yeah. But um, my greatest challenge in doing Going administrative side of the of the work, yeah, like accounts and keeping like doing your seats and insurance forms and all the paperwork, and that has been my greatest challenge. And I'm still battling with that in a way. I've actually decided this week to hire a personal assistant because okay. when, yeah, I need it now because uh, when. You know, you have a caseload, you need to focus on that. Yeah. You know, and having to worry about, you know, do we have enough pens? Yeah. Or, or little notes photocopied or just things like that. Um, it really too much of your time. Yeah. So that has been a challenge. Another challenge too was buying assessments and resources and I found that it's you have to really think do I need all these assessments one time you do or can just a simple one preschool assessment and one school age assessment and maybe um, one adult assessment suffice until you know you start making more money yeah Absolutely. And do you yes. you use um, both American and English assessments or how do you get around the, the standardization issues or is it not really an issue, do you think? Um, I use primarily American assessments. Yeah. Um, 
Yes. And there's some that I use from, that I still kept from New Zealand that <laughs> I liked. Yeah. Because that's what I was comfortable using because I trained on those. And then some British British assessments like the run through the action picture test that yeah. is so valuable. <laughs> and that's one that I would never let go of. Yeah. yeah. Yep, quick and easy, but really uh, useful information, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, it's interesting what you say about admin because I think working for the National Health Service, we have similar issues. You know, we want to focus on the children and the clinical side of it, but there's just so yeah. much administration and paperwork that goes alongside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the thought of a personal assistant is lovely. Maybe I should ask my boss about one of those. <laughs> Yeah. okay so yes. how about um how many therapists are there working in Barbados um there are four one, two three three others that are practicing okay. with me yeah in Barbados one is three are in private including myself yeah and then one is employed by the government so we definitely need speech therapists in Barbados <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Do you have much of a, do you kind of have a network with those people? So sort of sharing ideas and, and, and development and skills, or are you all kind of quite separate? Um, not as much. I think everybody here is really, really busy. There was, um, there was some attempt to start like a Barbados speech therapy association here, but I, I don't think that worked out very well. I didn't hear anything much about it. Um, but you know, I would call and ask a question sometimes or, but there's no real formal thing to sit down. Let's have a journal club or let's do something, which is why I've used Twitter and social networking a lot to to help with that. And that has been, had such an impact on the way I run my practice, the, the research I do, the therapy resources I use. So it has really informed my practice. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I spoke actually a bit about that with the previous person that I that I interviewed for the podcast. But um, just explain how how you use Twitter um, to support mm-hmm. you. How, how does it work for you? Mm-hmm. Um, it is anytime I have a question about any patient, I can bring it to Twitter and yep. I will get a response in pretty much within minutes. Yeah. I'll get a response, feedback, and I've made so many, I guess, really good work colleagues and I would say friendships over Twitter with people who are, are veterans in the field that I can seek any advice from, that I can get feedback from on whatever I'm doing in my practice. Because one thing we always worry about is, are we doing the right thing? You know, yep. is there something else I should be doing? And <clears throat> there are always people on there telling you about new therapy techniques, what works, talking about EBP. And it's, it has been really good to have that support network, to have that professional network to go to. Yeah. And it's great that speech therapists have looked to social network to use it in such a positive way. Absolutely. So I guess that would have been a, a big challenge for you, sort of perhaps say setting up like five years ago when people weren't using Twitter. Um, you know, that that whole um, sort of bank of people's experience just wouldn't have been open to you in quite the same way, would it? I guess it would have been about emailing particular therapists that you knew back in New Zealand and saying, can yeah. you help me out with this? But 
um, I find Twitter is much less kind of intrusive than that, isn't it? Because you just put it out there yeah. and anybody that has 10 minutes or two minutes can say, oh, yeah. have you tried this? Or what about that? Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, while we're on the subject of Twitter, tell us about the um, the SLP chat that you that you help coordinate. Yeah. Well, Tani and I, because I was looking for a way, like initially we thought it was going to be a journal club because we wanted something where you can get together, have a discussion on a certain topic. And we thought journal club would be good, like an online journal club. Yeah. But then we changed it to something a bit more informal where we can just have a casual chat about the topic and it has it has taken off um so well I'm really pleased with how it has grown and everybody's talking about it the buzzword on Twitter a lot of the time is SLP chat so that has been really great and you've now got two time zones haven't you Yes, we have two time zones now, which has been another good expansion. Yeah. We have the one for Australia and the Australia time zones because um, we found that the Australians and the Kiwis and people from New Zealand, they were missing our chats because yeah. so, they had to wake up way too early in the morning for it. Yeah. So it was good to have two different time zones. So we're t- talking about the same topic and we have different moderators now in the different time zones. So that's great. Yeah, brilliant um great oh yeah twitter is amazing um okay so i was wondering about um about the inclusion agenda in barbados how how does it work are are they trying to get children with special educational needs and speech and language difficulties integrated into mainstream classrooms or are they quite separated um they're still quite separated um we still have a long way to go and providing support and enough resources that children with special needs can function to their full potential within the society here. Um, You still have the special needs schools and like the the schools have their, what do you call an annex? Okay. For children with special needs. Um, So we're not in an inclusive setting as yet I, I that would be my wish first to be able to have children being mainstreamed with the support of an aid perhaps yeah and that is happening to some extent in private schools with um children who are more high functioning yeah but we still have a long way to go in terms of thinking yeah Okay. Um, so do you, because I'm, I'm aware that your role is like a, in a private practice, but so I'm not sure how much scope you would have to do this, but do you, do you get involved with training up staff? Because that's a sort of now that consultative um, work is a really big part of our role over here in the UK at the moment, um, sort of training up other people, uh, skilling up the general workforce. Is that something that you get involved with over there? Um, I usually do it informally. I have done some talks and training um, in preschools, yep. but I haven't done any work with government here. I'm actually about to do some major work with the government of Antigua, oh. which is another Caribbean country, yes, yeah. wow. um, during the summer. So I'm doing a full week of teacher training over there. Brilliant. And is that because they yes, don't have... In July. Any therapists in Antigua or you you just saw the opportunity? And There is only one speech therapist in Antigua and she has a pretty full caseload and I think she's about to retire. Okay. Um, so they have been looking some, for somebody 
to fulfill that need because there is a huge need over there. And I actually got the recommendation through one of the parents of the children of one of the children that I see. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to visit and we had some talks. I had some talks with the Ministry of Education over there. So um, they're looking to start a, what sounds like a really really good program for children with special needs in Antigua. Brilliant. And and, yeah. and my geography is not good. Tell me how close Antigua is to you. <laughs> I didn't hear that last one. Oh, sorry. Um, how close by is it, is is, um, is Antigua to you in Barbados? Um, it takes about an hour, an hour, sorry, an hour flight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And are you the closest island to them or? No, there's no, but... some other islands around. Okay. But... Um, there are not many speech and language therapists throughout a lot of the islands. I find that there are some speech therapists that have to fly over, or patients have to fly over here to see us. Yeah, okay, okay. So um, so I wanted to ask you what's going to be next. Is some, are, you, are you considering sort of the, the teleconferencing type therapy approach or, or not yet? I am thinking about it. I I know I will, once we start doing lots of liaison with Antigua, I will have to do lots of tele, maybe a bit more of tele training mm-hmm. and giving feedback because when I leave, they still need to be carrying on the program. So um, they still will have to have that back and forth training yep. via teleconferencing. Um, I have done some telepractice with some of the Caribbean islands. I've done a swallowing assessment. Oh, my goodness. Yes, in Jamaica um, via Skype already. So that was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, But I do see um, lots of advances in that area because it just gives, it just opens up a window of access yeah worldwide to those who can't get therapy services yeah in their country absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. um okay so you've done you've been very busy Sharika you've done yes, um, you've set up your own private practice and you've done the SLP chat um with Tanya um and mm-hmm. you've also done um a magazine and an app tell us about those yes. Um, well, the app is Easy Concept, so that was my baby that I've been planning in my head for so long. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be an app. It was original. I was thinking some sort of computer software, okay. um, some sort of um, just educational program to use. But then Apple brought out the apps, which took off so amazingly because mm-hmm. it's App, you know, there's an app for everything now. So I said, you know, why don't we make this into an app? We tried it out, spoke to my friend who's also my developer, or I should say my developer who's also my friend. <laughs> okay. Put some ideas on paper, put it all through a PowerPoint, and then he did the magic and it was, you know, it went from there. And, and it, you know, you're doing these self-assessments, I was saying, and you're trying to find some sort of therapy that targets those same things that you're assessing. Yeah. You know, you're telling them first do this, then do this, then do this. And I used to initially put 
Anne over the table and say, well, first touch the horse, then touch next touch the cow, last touch the pig or yeah. whatever the case may be. And I was saying, you know what, we need to have this on a computer. We need to have something that keeps the challenge can get a little bit boring yeah. and you know easy concepts was released a few months later and it has taken off so well people love it um people are using it in therapy they're using it at home so i am happy great so do you have more app ideas and in your the head? magazine is i do i have lots and lots of ideas just swimming around <laughs> in my head it's just a matter of time and putting them into putting them onto paper and putting a structure, giving them a structure and just seeing where we go from there. So summer, I've promised myself that I'm going to sit down and focus on that because things get a little bit lighter yep. in, during the summer vacation. Yep. Yep. Great stuff. Even though I run camps as well, but that's another story. <laughs> yep. And you're going to Antigua. Yes. Um, okay. But, uh, yes. <laughs> Um, tell us about the magazine. Yeah, that'll be free. Huh? <laughs> um, the magazine is something that I've been just thinking about for so long. As you can tell, I've got lots and lots of things turning in my head. Yes. But <laughs> I, I always wanted to create a magazine just in general. It's something I've always been fascinated by. I'm an avid reader of any magazine from fashion to household stuff. Yeah. And I, with our conversations on Twitter, conversations on Facebook, I was thinking, you know, why not twist the site? Because I know we do have magazines that focus on like um, articles on current trends, current research. But I said, why not twist it up a bit to look at the speech therapist as a person, you know, um, to know about what's happening in fashion. What are you wearing to work? Because I have seen that question pop up and sometimes I open my the door to my closet and I think okay what do I wear what looks professional so just to have ideas on that you know what are you doing that's fun in your practice and am I doing the right thing um my client just spilled paint all over me in yesterday's session you know just the little silly moments embarrassing moments that happen and then still focus on that research area and look at all the resources that are out now so it would just be this this full joining of everything yep. that makes up a speech therapist and putting it all into one pretty fantastic magazine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the, the response on Twitter seemed to be really positive. Yes, it has been really, really positive. We have, I think it's close to 700 subscribers wow. now from, yeah, from all over the world. Um and we had, I think, about 1,500 downloads of the magazine in total. So that has been so overwhelming. People are sending feedback. People are emailing. So I'm so excited about the next issue, Good. which is going to be in September. Brilliant. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. Well, I wanted to, to finish up by asking you, Sharika, um, where you find all your energy to do these amazing things. I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you feeling really inspired, but also a little bit exhausted. It is a bit later here than it is there. But um, how do you find your energy and, and stay so, so upbeat and um, put out all these brilliant things? Um, in regular afternoon naps. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> No, I don't know. I find that 
I think it's once you have a passion for something, it just keeps spurring you on. It's something like, like the magazine is something I did in my spare time because it was something that I really, really enjoy doing. So I look forward to coming home at night and sitting down and putting things together in a magazine. And I like the photography area and I'm, yeah. I'm actually doing a course in Photoshop right now. Okay. So, you know, the layout and aligning things and putting all the articles. So that was fun for me. Yeah. But I still like to take my regular breaks and travel for the weekend, like I'm doing this weekend. Yeah. And do some shopping and things to unwind and then come, regroup, come back again and keep going. Brilliant. Wow. Yes. Um, well, when I put this podcast out, I will put the um, the contact details for you at the magazine. So if people want to check that out and um, and send you any feedback, they can do that. Um, and they can find your app on the App Store, can't they? The concepts, you can find it on the App Store. And then you can find the magazine at easyspeakmag.com. Okay, great stuff. Um, and they should check out Twitter for when the most re- the next um, SLP chat is is coming up. Um, yes, great. That stuff. should be June third. June third. Okay, brilliant. Yes, and that's slpchat.wordpress.com. Okay, great stuff. Yes, brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Sharika. It's been lovely to speak to you. Um, thanks for joining me on the Therapy Ideas Live podcast. <laughs> great. Thanks for having me. was episode two of the therapy ideas podcast to find out more about the podcast series check out therapyideas.org or subscribe via itunes by searching for therapy ideas